Now, for the rest of the term, we're going to be looking at a series called A Loving Life. We're going to be thinking about what it looks like to be living a loving life. We're going to look at that across a whole lot of areas. We're going to be thinking about loving forgiveness. We're going to be thinking about loving marriage. We're going to be thinking about loving generosity, loving hospitality, loving our community, and loving peace. And we're going to be thinking about that throughout uh, the next term. So don't miss a week. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, this week I'm on, next week I'm on, then we're going to have the guys that are doing our marriage course, Greg and Miriam, are going to speak to us on marriage. And then we're going to bring in a couple other people too. Les is going to speak, Matt Simpson's going to come down and speak as well. So we're going to get, get to hear from some great people and uh, as they take us into God's Word and help us see what it is to live a loving life. Well today we're going to start at the beginning because the beginning is a very good place to begin. Who's saying that? That's out of one of those... Uh, I think it's Sound of Music or something, isn't it? Uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to bring it, bring it at the beginning and we're going to be looking at uh, God's love for us to start with. And to kick us off, uh, we're going to watch the, the skit, guys, because sometimes love is hard to nail down, isn't it? Sometimes love uh, seems to be uh, the answer to everything uh, the world puts it, uh, but yet it seems to be so elusive at the same time. And even as Christians, we can be talking about love a lot, but not experiencing love a lot. Uh, so we're going to listen to the skit guys and they're going to help us lead into what we're going to be thinking about this morning. Love. 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 Love in this world is pretty messed up. It asks for a lot and it never returns the favor. Love? In my world? Well, it brings more trouble than it's worth. In my world, love has felt like... Sabotage. It flees into the night. It, it, it leaves at the first sign of trouble. And it never feels like, I love you no matter what. Because love in my world it leaves. And when it leaves, there's only disaster left. Oh, promise is a lot. But it doesn't deliver much. It breaks hearts. I've picked up the pieces of my broken heart one too many times. So I build walls. Love isn't worth the tears. The pain, the loneliness. The surrender. It's exhausting. Even when you try to do love right, love fails. I have made a mess out of love. What good is it? You can't help me. Why love it all? Why do I even try to love? Why sacrifice to carry the burden? Why? 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 Because there is a perfect love. Perfect love that can end the disaster. A perfect love that can heal the brokenhearted. There is a love that saved those who are dwelling in this messed up world. God tells us about it because we wouldn't recognize it if it showed up on our own doorstep. It's a love that takes its time. It's profound. It doesn't brag or badmouth. God's love is like a shield that we know will never leave us. That you can trust. Hoping. And you never, ever exhaust it. That's his kind of love. And it never fails. And while we were keeping records of wrongs and self-seeking and being unkind, he 
still died for us. How can I love like that? How can I love like that? How can I love like that? Because I am loved like that. I can love well, not because of me, but because he first loved me. Love and what it means to be loved. Uh, we're going to read from 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 to 21, and Liz is going to come and read that for us. It'll be on the screen as well. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Saviour of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister, whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. It's a great passage, isn't it? And uh, we could be here for 55 minutes if we wanted to, to just delve into the depth of that passage. And I really want to encourage you to go home from here today because I'm really only going to touch in on the surface and set the scene for you. I want you to go home and spend some time thinking through and praying through uh, what John is saying to us in that and what he's saying to us about love 
Because love can be elusive, can't it? Love in the world that we live in can be fleeting. Love in the world that we live in uh, can be dangerous. Love that we live in can hurt in the world that we live in, can hurt. But the love that God has can switch all that and change all that. And if we understand and if we know God's love for us, then it can change us too and switch us. And that's what we're going to be thinking about this morning as we go through. We're going to be thinking about how God loves us. Because in that passage we see first and foremost, isn't it, that God is love. That's not all he is, but he's no less than that either. If you want to have a definition of what love is, then it's God in his person. He is made up. He is love per- perfection, to perfection. God is love. He's also just. He's also merciful. He's also righteous. But God is love. And God shows us what that love is like, doesn't it? If we want to know what love is, if we want to know what God is, and God is love, if we want to know how he loves us and what that looks like, then he shows us what that looks like. Uh, God just doesn't leave us to try and work that out for ourselves. It's like uh, the guy, the skit guy guy said to you, if love turned up on our doorstep, we'd miss it. Uh, but God shows us that love and he shows us in his son, doesn't he? Look at what verse 9 says. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son. If you want to draw a picture of what, God, of what love looks like, then you draw a picture of God. But we don't know what God looks like until God shows us what he looks like. And how God shows us what he looks like is he sends us Jesus. If you want a picture of God, a picture of love, a representation of love, then you look at Jesus. And the amazing thing is it isn't just a canvas, is it? It's not just a painting on the wall but it's a 3D representation of God, of love, is Jesus. And you don't even need those funny glasses that you go into the movies to look at it. You can look straight at him. And when you see Jesus, you see God. Jesus says, the Father and I are one. If you're looking at Jesus, then you're looking at the Father. If you want to know what love looks like, then you look at Jesus. His love personified. And it's not what he looks like. It's not just in his facial features. It's not just he's got loving eyes or loving hair. But he shows it in how he lives, doesn't he? God sent, showed us his love. He sent his one and only son into this world. And he didn't just come into this world and preach. He didn't just come into the world to become a statue the Christ Redeemer. He came into this world and he lived. He lived in this world. Now, sometimes we just like to put him on a pedestal or on a picture or on a statue or on a painting. But Jesus actually lived. He was here. He, he ate. He drank. He ate. He, he, he walked. He talked. He, he slept. He cried. He had compassion. If you want to know what love looks like, then you look at Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Look what it says in verse 10. 
This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You know, we talk about it, we sing about it, but do you truly know that God loves you? Loves you. It's worth just letting that sit, isn't it? Loving you so much that he sent the greatest present that you ever could possibly have in Jesus. Now, February is an amazing month for people's birthdays. I don't know whether you've ever thought about it, but if you ever look at how many birthdays are in February, it will blow your mind. What's nine months before February? I don't know, but I tell you what, it must be a period in time when people like to get together. Uh, If you think about it, I've had my birthday in February. Mark Ellie's about to have his. Gordon's having his. Joanne's having hers. Steve Finance is having hers. Dave Webster had his on Friday. Dylan's is... No, he's just in January, isn't he? Oh, he almost made it. Close, only a couple of days out. My mother is born in, in uh, February. My grandmother was born in February. My, one of my cousins is born in February. My niece is born in February. Uh, Lachlan's Millie is born in February. There are presents everywhere we've got to give in, in February. Well, I do. And you're probably feeling the same. Now, presents are an interesting thing, aren't they? Because there's levels of presents, isn't there? So the one thing that's the easy one is you text them, you know? Happy birthday, Dave. You got one on uh, Friday from me. Now, that's pretty easy. Now, I was thinking about Dave, but I didn't have to think too hard about you, Dave. Sorry. It was an easy text. Now, if I was going to think a little bit more, then I'd send a card or an e-card. You'd have to get online, you'd have to set it up, or you'd have to go and get a thing and actually post the thing, put a stamp on it and send it. Now, the next level up is you put a gift voucher in it. You grab the card, you put a gift voucher in it for something for 50 bucks and you send it off. Now, my mum's birthday is, was yesterday and so I was thinking about that all week. I think, now, if I really love my mother, then I would think about what my mother needs and then I'd ponder it and contemplate it and I'd go and buy it and I'd get her a particular present and I'd pack it and I'd send it off and I'd put it down to her. Well, mum got the text. <laughs> Dodgy, wasn't it? I actually rang her. So it was a little bit of a step up, I suppose, and I said I'm going to bring her a present later. But it's like that, isn't it? You know, the levels of present, depending on how much you think about them, depends on how much you think about their need, that you give them something that they need. Now, you can give them anything, you know. The level of presence is where you give them, you know, a, a, a candle. Well, that's a certain thought about it. But, you know, a little bit further, you go to the next one. You, but the, the levels, isn't there? Depending on how much you think about the person, you contemplate, and then you give. Well, God loves you so much that he gives you the present that you need more than anything else. And the present that you and I need more than anything else is someone to deal with our sin, our brokenness, our rebellion, our turning our back on God. Because if we don't have that, you and I are lost for eternity. We're lost now. 
and we're lost for eternity. You see, God didn't text you. God didn't Facebook you. He didn't put a little heart on your text message to you. God sent Jesus for you to die as an atoning sacrifice so that you could know and experience his love for eternity. That's how much God loves you. As I was thinking about that during the week, I was thinking, you know, we talk about God loving us and then we sing the song about Jesus loves us. Well, I thought about it. Actually, you know, it's nice to think about the whole of the Trinity loving us, isn't it? The Father loves me. Jesus loves me. The Spirit loves me. We have a Trinity love, guys, in God loving you and I. It's phenomenal, isn't it? Uh, when my kids were growing up, the boys, we used to have to, we'd, we'd have this little joke with each other that when they had to find the best girl for them, she had to be a Trinity girl. She had to be good looking, she had to have a good personality, and she had to love God. The Trinity. If they had that, well, the three of them have found that in their girls, which is great. Hannah, she can wait for a while. <laughs> okay, but the, girl, the boys have found that. But that's a Trinity, that's three together. And the Trinity love that we have in God loving you and I is that the Father loves you, is that Jesus loves you, and that the Spirit loves you. Have you ever prayed for someone that they know and experience and understand the Father's love. Have you prayed that for them? We often pray for lots of other things, don't we? But, you know, but the greatest need for you and I, the greatest sense of us being able to go out into this world and live a loving life, is that that is a reality for you and I. Because if we know that the Father loves us beyond imagination, then that will well up within us and flow out from us. And the way that we're able to love people will be beyond compare because we will not be desiring their love to make us feel loved. We will not out there to try and serve them to make us feel loved. But we will know that we're loved by the Father and we'll be able to unconditionally love others. And that's the only way you're going to be able to unconditionally love anyone. Do you know that? Because otherwise it's selfish love because you're wanting something back. And to be honest, that's where we break down, don't we? That's where I fall down. I want people to love me. Now, it's nice when other people love me, but when that becomes the reason that I love you and serve you, then I am broken and I am selfish. But when I know that, when that is a reality within me, then I can love you out of his love, not out of a selfish love. Oh, there's some nice little bits for you. You know, come to the front. Didn't know I'd done that. Look at that. <laughs> Woohoo! Just so you understand it. Uh, last week we talked about this a little bit too, didn't we? We talked about uh, what that looks like. If we know that we are loved by the Father, then we can do life, mission, ministry because you know the Father loves you not to get his love. You can have relationships and move from you get people to love you just to loving them for who they are. And you move from serving people to gain love to serving people to give love. 
That is a transforming, that is a freeing love. That's what 1 John 4 is saying to us. That God is love. That God loves you so much. That he gave you the greatest present that you ever could possibly have. So that you know what God's love is. So that you can love others. Can I encourage you, if you do anything this week, just pray to God that you know that reality of that love, that that becomes something that is so much of who you are. And you pray that for other people. That the spirit within us will just confirm that daily, moment by moment, that we are loved. You see, what John does is throughout 1 John 4 in that passage, he, he states, he illustrates, and then he restates. He states, he illustrates, and then he restates. He states, he illustrates, and he restates. He keeps going around and see if he knows that he keeps going. It keeps going. You think, oh, he's told me that. And then he adds a little bit to it. And he's told me that. He's, he tells you that all the way through in this passage. He just keeps going on about it, doesn't he? He tells us that God is love. And then he says that God loves you. And then he says that he loves you so much that he gave you the greatest present in Jesus, an atoning sacrifice for your sins. And then he goes on to tell us to love one another out of that. He does that. He continues it on, doesn't he? And you get right down to verse 21 and he says that if you love me, then you will love your brothers and sisters. He just keeps going over and over and over again. And if he keeps going over and over and over again, I think it's pretty important. He wants to keep that coming. He wants us to be saturated with that. Because as we understand that, then we can go out and be saturating others around us with the love that God has for us in Jesus. Can I just encourage you? I'm just going to encourage you to touch into a few things from here on because the big thing I want you to come out of this morning is for you to go away and if you don't know already, to know that God loves you. Or if you are unsure about that, to go away and pray about that and contemplate that. And if you do know that, to be overwhelmed by that. Uh, But as you touch into this passage and you go through this, he continues on with it because he says that not only does God love us, but he's actually in us. And he repeats that a number of times. I don't know if we've ever thought about that, but when we think about the Spirit being in us, that's actually saying that we have God within us. It's actually saying that we have Jesus within us. In a sense, we almost have like, it's a sense that we have the Trinity in us because in the Spirit, we have all that God is as the Father and all that God is as the Son. He is within us. God is within us through his Spirit. Now that is mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing, really. And look how many times he says it. If you go through that passage from verse 12 down to verse 14 there, he says, uh, no one has seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. And his love is made complete in us. Now that, his, his love is made complete in us? Whew. Have a think about that a bit more. Uh, this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. And he's given us his spirit. That's how, we, that's how it works. The spirit's within us. That's how he's in us. And we've seen him, and in verse 15, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them, and they are in God. They're, they're big concepts, aren't they? And they're worth just sitting time praying about and contemplating 
and asking God to reveal what that means for you and how that re- reveals what it means for you within your life. It means that anybody out there who wants to have a go at you about anything can't change that. You may not think you're pretty. You may not think you're the best at whatever. You may not believe that you're the greatest mum or the best dad or the greatest son or the greatest daughter. You may not believe those sorts of things. But within all of that, you have God within you if you trust and believe in Jesus. God is in us. God loves us. And he loves us so much that he says that that's going to work out in the way that we love others. You see, the demonstration that God is in us is not that we... You notice he doesn't say that we speak in tongues. He doesn't Notice he doesn't say that we perform miracles. He doesn't say that we can stop the wind. He doesn't say that we can walk on water. How does he tell us that we know that God lives in us and that we have the Spirit and that we're loved by God? He says, because we love our brothers and sisters. We can have everything grand out here, but if we don't love our brothers and sisters, we do not have God within us. That's what he's saying to us. He says, but see, in the world that we are in, we are to be like Jesus. Because Jesus knows that he's completely loved by the Father, doesn't he? So when he walks into this world, he can completely love others because he's completely secure in the love that he has in God. And if we're completely secure in our love that we have in God, then we can go out and live to love others as well. And that's how we live like Jesus. Candles, I just said... A little bit about them a minute ago, didn't I? But candles can be good presents too, by the way. Don't let me... I hope no one felt bad that I'd nailed them on a present thing because I'm nailing myself on them, by the way. Uh, uh, But when we talk about that, that we are to live like Jesus in the world, it's a bit like we're the candle holder. Candle holders are great, aren't they? They're there, they're helpful, they hold up and they highlight the light, don't they? The candle behind it. And in one sense, they shine the light, uh, they help the light to shine and are able to take it and show it everywhere. And that's what we're to be, the candle holders. We're not the light, Jesus is the light. But we are the candle holders of which Jesus lives within us that he shines out from us. And when he shines out from us in the way that we love one another, then we're demonstrating that we're in God and God is within us. And for last week, remember, that's where we show the glory of God to spread throughout the rest of the world, isn't it? Because we bring that light wherever we go. And when we bring that light, we point other people to the light. We don't point them to the candle holder, though it can be helpful, but we point them to the light, don't we? We point them to Jesus. And we can do that by having and showing and living a loving life. And that's what we're going to be thinking about for the rest of this term. We're going to move from here. We've got to have our base. We can't do anything unless we understand this base. Unless we know that we are loved by God, unless we know that we are loved by the Father, that we're loved by Jesus, that we're loved by the Spirit, that we have a Trinity love that is personified in Jesus, that is shown to us in Jesus, that shows us that we can be part of that because Jesus brings us into that love through his atoning sacrifice on the cross for you and I. We don't know that and understand that. And if that's not indwelling and flowing out of us, then we won't live a loving life. 
we'll live a selfish life because we'll be wanting to get love. And that makes all the difference when we start talking about forgiveness. It makes all the difference when we start talking about marriage. It makes all the difference when we start talking about hospitality, generosity, the community, about peace. Let's pray that as we spend time contemplating that, as we spend time asking God to fill us with his love, that we'll go from not just being candle holders, but we'll go to being lighthouses for the love of God in our community and in our world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, uh, that passage has just got so much in it. It's so much wrapped up in it, Lord, that... Uh, to do the moment that we've had now it doesn't do it justice completely Lord but it helps us touch in and helps us to go back to us and drive us back to that passage through this week Lord and as our gospel communities as we spend time uh, pulling that apart and thinking about what it means and coming to the realisation and the understanding that we are loved deeply loved by you that, Lord, that changes everything for us. That that will enable us to love others around us, Lord. Out of your love, out of your strength, out of your power, and not out of our own. Heavenly Father, we can't do that by ourselves. We pray your spirit will move within us, Lord that we will come to that deep realisation of how deep your love is for us. We pray this for each and every one of us here, Lord. We pray for each and every one that are here, Lord, too. We pray for our community that will come to know that as well, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen.